here for you guys. A couple game videos and our player props up for you today, as always. So like and subscribe to that page and continue to follow along with us each and every weekday this season. I also want you to head to thelines.com. You can check out all our great written content up there as well and use that odds finder tool that we have up there. You can make sure you're getting the best juice back on all those bets that you are getting uh, from these U.S. sports books this NBA season. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into this slate and then talk about our game. The Wizards are playing host to the Bulls. Yeah, we got the Pistons on a back-to-back after getting crushed last night. Uh, They're plus seven at home against the Wolves. Anthony Edwards questionable. The Bulls are up to minus one and a half. They were opened at plus one. Totals holding strong at 230. DeMar DeRozan's questionable, so we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Pels plus nine and a half at Boston with a 231 total. Uh, Interesting line there. Seems a little high given how good the Pels are even without Zion and Ingram. Uh, Pacers plus five at the Knicks, uh, the Bucks, the other game we'll talk about here, minus two and a half at Atlanta totals, two thirty-six. Spurs are plus 14 in Memphis. The Rockets are plus 10 in Sacramento and the Suns, despite their utterly absurd win in golden state last night with backups are plus 13 in Denver, uh, odds makers, not expecting a repeat there. Yeah, I mean, I was on the Bulls when it opened here. Uh, I mean, there hasn't been a ton of line movement, but I mean, to me, they're they're just a team that should be much better than they are. And I think for a while, they they've you know had internal discussions about you know they're trying to blow this up. They're trying to end this Vooch DeRozan experiment, uh, or at least you know pundits are calling for the for the front office to do that. And they're playing to stay together, and they and they like what they have to a degree. They should like what they have. I mean, they're. They have a, a well-constructed roster. Certainly, if they could get Caruso and Lonzo Ball out there healthy again, they might look like they did early last season. But we've talked about them being a balanced scoring team, um, multiple guys. And so even if DeRozan's out, I don't think that they fall off a cliff here. Um, in terms of their efficiency, I mean, last time out against Washington, it was balanced. It was DeRozan 27, Vooch 25, Levine 25. So those two guys can step up, but I think DeRozan's going to play. I mean, he called the the quad strain. He said something he's been dealing with for eight with eight for eight games here. He called it nothing crazy. He said he takes pride in playing all eighty two if he can. He hasn't missed a game yet this season. I mean, and while it's been bothering him for eight games, he's still averaging twenty six points per game at an efficient rate here. So I mean, if you bet this before he's ruled in. Um, then you're going to be feeling real good about it. I mean, they've won four of their last five here against the Wizards, who are, are just not really an, an inspiring team in any sense of the word. Um, they, they've lost four of their last six at home. They're going to be without Bradley Beal again and have listed Porzingis, Kispert, and Daniel Gafford as questionable on the initial injury report here. So, again, if any of those guys are ruled out and you get this at, at a pick'em line, you're going to feel good about that. I mean, it's just the Wizards don't really threaten you with a lot offensively. I mean, especially when Beal is out. Um, I mean, they, what they do score is, is down low. They're not a good three-point shooting team. And in this matchup, they've been abysmal. They've shot 25% in these last five meetings against the Bulls. Um, and the one time the Bulls lost is because they happened to go ice cold. Seven for 27 from three. And, and they lose a really low-scoring game. I mean, there's definitely a correlation that Washington would would have a better chance if this is a low-scoring game, again, because they don't have much to threaten you with. They, they don't have the weaponry to match a team that, that has a big offensive three, maybe not defensive. But lately, the Bulls, you know, allowing 
uh, very, very much limiting points in paint, uh, including the seventh fewest points in the paint on the road in general, holding Boston to just 44 to send that game way under, uh, also allowing the third fewest second chance points on the year. So to me, it's a Washington team that's heavily dependent on on their bigs right now, on having mismatches with Porzingis and Kuzma at the three maybe to get those second chances uh, and get points down low. And I don't think they're really going to be here tonight um, against the Bulls team. And and also, I mean, yeah, I talked about the Bulls had gone cold in that one loss. But lately, they've been hitting their threes. I mean, particularly Zach Levine. They've won four of their last six on the road. In that span, Levine has a 131 offensive rating, averaging 28 a game, hitting five threes a game, basically, at 48%. Um, and the team's hitting nearly 13 threes in that span. So... I think they, they have balanced scoring. Uh, also, Vooch, you know, crushed the Wizards since since he came to Chicago. 125 offensive rating. The Wizards are allowing the second most paint points in their last three. So I think there's advantages here for Chicago all over. And that with basically no spread, I think we should we should be all over the Bulls. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about Washington is, like you said, like with such a sort of anemic offense at times where, you know, if Kuz isn't just draining threes from all over, um, there, there doesn't seem to be much of an offense uh, that, that's being run. Uh, Daniel Gafford has been getting some good time because he plays well in these sort of sloppy, uh, get some offensive rebounds and muck things up kind of games as a true center um, and, and getting a bit of time even with KP on the floor. Both of them questionable, as you said. Kispert also super important as we as we talk about their lack of uh, shooting outside of guys like who's you still need Kispert in there big time as, as we've seen that be a, a large percentage of their offense. So there when you look at like how they score there, there isn't that much to it overall. Um, we always talk about how Washington sort of metal, you know, just fledgling in middle of the pack and, and pretty much everything. Um, but if you look at the, the runs that they've been on, I think it's pretty indicative of how their season's going. I, I don't know what you expect out of Bradley Beal this season um, at this point. Like he just hamstring is one of those injuries uh, like Paul George, where it's just like, I'm out, I'm in, I might not be out, I might be in, it hurts tonight, it doesn't hurt tomorrow, it sucks, it's one of the worst. So I, I'm just sort of nixing any any expectations of what he could bring to this offense, even if he came back right now, it would have to be pretty quick and instant, and I'm not sure what kind of you know explosiveness he'd have with that hammy. So they need to win with defense is the very long-winded point that I'm making, and, and that's why they won, uh, they had that little streak of what, like five in a row that they won? And, and if you look at why, I mean, they, they held the Kings on the, uh, a Kings team who doesn't play offense on the road, uh, uh, to 111 they held a 76ers team um when they were uh at home as well i'm sorry the kings game was at home so that was the really surprising one i remember they came out and we were all like how did the you know it was one of those random ones that the kings just kind of gave up but they held the kings to to 111 points in that game in sacramento which is even more impressive than what i was saying uh they, they beat the sixers at home in that weird game on, on the 27th i believe they were missing joel and then uh they they handled a suns team only giving up 102 to just an awful anemic Suns team beat a magic team with nobody on their team uh in those games and then that bucks game that they won by like 23 points, uh, mostly because, uh, you know, nobody was in that game as well for, uh, for for Milwaukee. So in those games where they were, you know, winning five in a row against all those anemic offenses that I just told you outside of the Kings, that was a huge surprise in that one. They had the number one defensive rating in the league at 103.4. Um, they were they were causing a ton of steals at about seven and a half a game. They were blocking a bunch of shots. Like I said, D Daniel Gafford uh, was leading the league in blocks during that time frame as well. And so was their team. Um, and they were getting a ton of points off of turnovers. 
uh, second chance. Like I said, it was all just like sloppy, nasty offense that really like got them. Um, their defense just put them in a position to, to win games against other bad offenses. Um, and then just fast forward to these last three where the Bucks got their team back uh, and won in that overtime game by 10 against these Wizards. They got beat by 17, giving up 127 to the Thunder on the road. And then they just lost to the Pellies by 20 at home, giving up 132 uh, to that Pellies team and just erupting in the second half. Those three games, they had the worst defensive rating in the league, 124 and a half, um, playing better offenses, just sort of coming back down to earth and, and not being able to to take advantage of, of teams like Orlando, who didn't even have Franz or any of the Wagners playing in that game. Uh, I believe Paolo didn't even play in that game. So, um, you know, yeah, th- this is this is a line that I think is here right now because DeMar is questionable, like you said. Um, even if he doesn't play, I do think they still have a bit more, especially because Zach Levine has been coming back. He looked really, really good in that Celtics game. Um, maybe not all the way back yet athletically, uh, but I think he's back enough that when it, it, then DeMars either doesn't have it or doesn't play, which we haven't seen yet, but if he doesn't have it on a particular night, you know, Levine is back enough that I, I don't know who's going to really lock him up on Washington at this point, the way that they're playing defense and, and might not even have two seven-footers in there to guard the paint when, when a high flyer like Levine comes in there. So, yeah, a lot, a, lot of like, a lot to like for the Bulls tonight as the Wizards continue to reel all over the floor. <clears throat> and don't un- underestimate how well the Bulls' defense could play with Pat Williams hitting his drive with Caruso. Probable he's back in there. Um, I think we lean under here at 230. There's definitely a wide range of outcomes when the Bulls are playing right now. Um, and the Wizards, you just mentioned, had that that defensive lapse the last couple, giving up one, a 130 defensive rating to the, the shorthanded Pels. So I don't think it's the preferred bet here. I mean, I think the Bulls could win a low-scoring game or a high-scoring game. Um, and and you gotta like their their chances in the clutch if DeRozan's in there, but Levine stretch, yeah. also been solid in the clutch lately. Um, and, and I come back to yeah, where where the defense struggles for Washington, uh, which is either from from the three point line lately in the paint, giving up the most points per game to centers in their last seven, um, and just both these teams being heavily dependent on unassisted field goals, also plays into Chicago here because uh, their biggest weakness defensively is giving up that high assist to turnover ratio. Uh, but Washington right now, I mean, it's kind of like you get that initial lift when, when a guy like Beal's out for maybe five, seven games, but he's been out like 15 games this season already. And it's like the shine wears mm-hmm. off the shared ball movement wears off and other teams have enough film to be like, all right, this is what we have to worry about. Um, you know, let's just lock down and stop it. And and it's easier to stop it without, without a true playmaker like Beal. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and yeah, that, the, the clutch numbers there too. I mean, Chicago has been sort of up and down basically middle of the pack, but Washington's been really bad uh, in the clutch with, you know, the, about the eighth worst net rating in those uh, pretty crucial minutes. So pl- plenty to like, even if this is a little bit closer down the stretch for Chicago to be the ones to pull it out especially if hopefully DeMar plays and this bet looks really good at minus one if he does. So try to get ahead of that might as well, right? Yeah, you mean you say the Bucks might be surging now. I think they'll at least have a little bit more, a little bit of momentum after coming back to beat the Knicks. I believe they were down 20 in the third quarter and they just locked up, came back, um, almost got over the total, but not quite. Uh, they're still dead freaking last in offensive rating on the road, but they're also top three in defensive rating on the road. Um, and Atlanta is 26th in offensive rating at home. Um, Atlanta has really been showing no joy 
in playing basketball together, um, either struggling on one side of the floor or the other, depending where they are at, at home, it's more often struggling on offense. Um, so, I mean, 236 is a high total. I think first you first you look at that. And Atlanta does, you know, sometimes let things get carried away by playing zero defense. But they've come to play in these matchups at least a little bit recently, winning the last two with no Drew Holiday in one of those games. Um, you know, the, the, the Bucks have started slow in both of the last two seasons. And I think... Now that they get the fourth meeting, this is already the final meeting with the Hawks of the season. I do think that they they come with something a little bit more down the stretch. Um, that last meeting in Atlanta, they only had 18 points in the fourth quarter. They they've been struggling to score down the stretch, but uh, I know you're going to talk about Joe Ingles being a kind of guy to unlock that, and he was really key in that comeback against the Knicks. Also, you saw Drew. And Brooke Lopez step up hitting clutch shots. And for the first time in a while, they didn't need a superhuman Giannis performance to pull out a win. So, I mean, that's a good sign. It's like, it's great for Giannis's MVP campaign when he puts up 45 and 20 all the time, but it's not great for wins. I mean, the Bucks had lost like six of seven with Giannis averaging his wilt numbers. Uh, and now they're starting to play a little better as a team. Uh, the, so they have a one-day rest advantage, disadvantage here. The Hawks been off for one more day as they come back home. But 7-3 and three straight up with a rest disadvantage, the Bucks. It's more about getting rhythm for them, it seems. They're actually 4-0 and oh on back-to-backs. This is not a back-to-back situation. But, uh, I mean, really, really, it's just getting Drew back in the flow of things. He's missed so many games with that non-COVID illness. Uh, you love to see him hit back-to-back, step-back threes, and of course, in a matchup with Drew, with, with Trey and, and Dejounte Murray, you're going to love to have him out there hounding them. So, I, I worry that that about the offenses for both teams. I think the under and the Bucks winning are equally appealing here, um, and, and maybe maybe you take it a parlay between the two. But I, I also have faith in the Bucks much more faith than I do in the Hawks, who you know continue to struggle with chemistry issues and, and, and to have Trey Young's name floated in, in potential trades either this year or next. And then just, you know, trying to figure out what, what the big issue is in terms of them not being able to get back to being a consistent team. Yeah. And, 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 and it's going to sound weird, but I mean, my, my, me talking about uh, Joe Ingles is through the lens of like, they need him. Uh, they need someone with his skill set. They need uh, a six foot seven, six foot eight, um, you know, sh- well, solid shooting, passing, playmaking, not necessarily by breaking the defense down off the dribble, but playmaking by, you know, being an adult on offense. And, and Drew Holiday, as good as he is at like point guard, um, he's really always been sort of like a big score, good scoring best defending you know best defensive guard at the top of your defense kind of guy not necessarily like set up your offense get things going uh and make sure that things run through uh you know either Giannis or exactly you guys get what you, it's not what he does right and and that is what Joe Ingles does and that's what Chris Middleton did a little bit more and that's why I call him Joe Middleton Ingles right now um, because he's providing the exact same type of offense and playmaking that Chris Middleton provided as well using your strength and size to either get others open or yourself open not necessarily 
necessarily, um, you know, break guys down off the dribble. So with him doing that in, in that um, Knicks game, you know, he did play 14 minutes in both halves for 28 minutes, which was crucial. Uh, the most he's played, is, you know, since he's been back basically from, from being out for most of the season, um, 17 points and five assists in that 28 minutes versus the Knicks with that 127-0 rating and 101 defensive rating, 45% from three, which is huge for this team. Five for 11 from deep, which is what they needed. And almost as important, five assists to only one turnover. Uh, and I say all of that because against this Bucks, uh, this Hawks team, that's exactly what they've needed and missed when they lost the last two uh, as Atlanta won 121-106 in Milwaukee and then also at home earlier this season, 117-98. to uh, What you notice that I just said there is on the road, the, the Bucks scored 106 and 98 points against this team. Uh, one of those was no Drew and Chris and one of those was just no Chris uh, Middleton. And in that, that game with, without Chris Middleton, but with Drew Holiday, Drew had like eight turnovers and they, the team had like 18 turnovers, which led to 20 points for Atlanta off of those turnovers um, because at home Atlanta gets the 12th most points off of turnovers uh, or at least the highest percentage of their points are scored off of other teams turnovers right and so um, if they're not going to be doing that because Drew Holiday is not the orchestrator of the offense as much as Joe Ingles is um, then I, I feel a lot better about them not turning the ball over which will hopefully allow them to improve upon the 105 offensive rating that they've had when they're uh, when they're playing on the road rather you know since uh, since uh, December started for, for these this Bucks team so um, you know, they're allowing 113 in, the, in those situations, but it's really because they're allowing the fourth most points off of turnovers in those situations. And if they could just, for the love of God, you know, not turn the ball over um, with stupid mistakes, then I, I think they're going to be in a much better position without, you know, Clint Capella. I also love their ability to sort of dominate uh, a little bit more maybe not scoring points in the paint outside of Giannis, who's really the only one that does that on this team. I think it's it's always surprising to see that they, they're not even like their 15th, 16th in terms of points in the paint are the Bucks, But that's because, you know, Brolo's still shooting seven threes a game. Uh, and, and really everybody outside of Drew, who has not been attacking enough, uh, you know, and, and hasn't really been himself on offense pretty much the whole season. Um, he's also not getting to the rim. That's the only other guy besides uh, Giannis that, that really scores down low and in that painted area. So w without him doing that as well we lean under here the other thing is obviously Capella's out which means this defense is much worse for the uh for, for the Hawks they're up to about 118 defensive rating without him uh this season as opposed to the 112 113 that they have with him in so you know that's in like 13 games that they've played without him that it's clear that their their D rating goes up pretty high at that point so I I do like some opportunity for, for Brolo to get boards as I'll talk about in in the uh the the player props video and that's in part because I do think it might be a little bit choppier I, I don't know that you know the the Bucks I told you the, after that game against the Knicks needed uh some pretty crazy shots not crazy but you know those step back wing threes um from from Drew he had two threes and a um a two-pointer because his foot was on the line from the exact same bot, spot stepping back needed all those to bail him out also needed a Brolo deep corner three to bail them out so their offense was anything but fluid I don't expect it to just fully turn around I just expect Joe Ingles to play close to 30 minutes if you know at least uh in which case they'll have that that adult supervision on the floor to be able to maintain their offense yeah i'm glad you brought up the, the points of the paint it's stunning that the hawk the bucks are still dead last in their last three getting this 32 paint points um and so you look at what the hawks they give up pain points at home but they limit free throws and they're actually the second best three-point defense so it's going to be hard to really envision an over if Giannis isn't getting to the line and if he's not sucking in the defense to get threes, um, you know, it, I mean, you look at the last eight meetings between these teams, they've averaged 229, and that's yeah. a much different iteration of both of them in terms of their pace and, the, and their, 
efficiency, but the pace was only 99, you know, not a, not a neck breaking pace at all. Um, and so I, I mean, the Bucks, they've gone 12 and seven to the under on the road by an average of seven and a half points per game as well. Uh, seven and three to the under when they're road favorites. So I think they, they win this one with defense, uh, with, with Drew locking up those guards and making just enough plays because yeah, you talked about what they needed to beat the Knicks. It's cause it's because they were so atrocious on offense for three quarters that they needed to come up clutch down the stretch. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. As long, I mean, as long as they don't turn it over like crazy, like they did last time in Atlanta, uh, they should be able to pull this one out. Yep. And also, by the way, get a bunch more second chance points. Um, that's another thing, like I was saying, you were talking about rebounds, and, and I do think that this is an opportunity for, for Milwaukee to dominate the glass. They do score the 10th the, the most second chance points, um, and you know Atlanta's bottom five in terms of allowing second chance points, and that's with Clint Capella playing 27 of 40 games this season for them. So uh, without him in there, I think you feel even better. Like I said, I'll be talking about Brolo getting some boards tonight in this one. So You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump right into our first NBA player prop for tonight. Yeah, I wanted to target the Rockets who are making their first appearance against this Kings team that is still second in offensive rating, I believe. And uh, I I want De'Aaron Fox to, to I, I like his assists here tonight, first and foremost, because I'm, I'm concerned about another blowout. You know, their last game against Orlando – he had 11 points, nine assists, and then took an early seat. Demonis Sabonis also eight assists. Uh, you know, it, it, they need a full workload to really fill it up in terms of the points, rebounds, and everything. But they can get nine dimes. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Fox is up to eight assists by halftime against this Houston team, which is you know fourth worst defensive efficiency, fourth worst assist to field goal ratio, fourth most three pointers, and most fast break points allowed on the road. Um, so eight assists gets you plus 145 at FanDuel. His props only at six and a half, but that's not good odds. So I think you tack one more on here and get you some juice. And then at DK, 11 and a half rebounds assists seems fine to me. Uh, close to even money, tack on a few rebounds. At home this season, he averages um, 11 assists and rebounds at six and a half assists, four and a half rebounds. Same numbers, basically his last seven against Houston, along with 25 points per game. Those games were a little closer last season, but you know they haven't had the weaponry that they've had. They have now. I, I mean, I think Herter with Monk with those guys on the wing for for Fox to kick it out to. This could be over quick, um, or you know maybe it hangs around. But either way, you're happy you have the assists. And I mean, three straight games he has not gotten to this point in terms of his peripherals. I mean, he did have nine dimes in both of his last home games, but. Against kind of more freewheeling Western Conference teams, Denver and Utah, 
you know, 15 rebounds, assists, 13 rebounds, assists. So I think the peripherals are safe for Fox as he takes a little bit of a, a less of a usage rate as the main scorer and, and becomes more of a true uh, point guard for this high power team. Yeah. I mean, and if you, if, this total is 238. So, I mean, Houston has to come along a little bit uh, to, to make that happen at like a nine and a half, you know, point spread there as well. So I think Fox is going to be in there at least in part, uh, a part of the fourth quarter, unless this gets way, way out of hand. But I think as long as there's some offense going on and some pace in this game, which you expect in Sacramento, um, then yeah, th- then continuing to get those peripherals, like you said, maybe worry about the points a little bit. They're also pretty high for him tonight. So I, I think you're much, much safer going with these uh, assists and rebounds specifically, what I really like. So um, I'm going to move on to the a game we talked about in that game video, the Bucks and Hawks. We've got John Collins in a situation that we both really Really liked him, uh, you know, without Clint Capella in this one. 22 and a half points and rebounds. That's minus 115 at DraftKings. Uh, you look at, you know, he's been coming along for sure. And in his last four, 19 a game and 10 and a half boards, playing 37 minutes a game, which is what you really love to see him staying on the floor. Uh, shooting 52% from the field and uh, really only a 20% usage rate, but super efficient with that uh, with that usage rate, with, with how he's shooting and scoring. Um, and without Capella, you know, this is where we, why we, I think we both just sort of looked, okay, well, Capella's out. Uh, and John Collins has been getting minutes and putting up numbers. So what does he do without Capella uh, since last season or really a couple seasons ago? Uh, he's got a 22% usage rate without Capella versus that 20% when he is in. Um, the boards go up from uh, 7.5 to about 9. And it goes up from about uh, 16 points a game to about 17. You look at even just uh, this season, it's, it's been even a little bit more stark. He's up to about 9.5 boards uh, a game in those one in those games that Capella's not in there. Definitely taking over as that primary rebounder on the starting unit. Um, and at home, He's he's just a lot better for some reason. Plus sixty nine, nice at home versus the plus six on the road that he is this season. Um, plays much better defense as well, down to an one hundred and ten individual defensive rating at home versus one fourteen on the road. So in in Milwaukee, he's also been really really good. So that's why I think you keep him on the floor, right? Like one hundred and four defensive rating, ninety eight defensive rating. Those were his two individual numbers uh, versus Milwaukee in their last two matchups. So you you really need him on the floor. One of the only guys that might have the uh, the size and strength. Uh, and versatility to at least like stay in front of Giannis as much as anybody can on this team. Uh, and so I think you're going to have to expect him to be out there uh, and, and not worry too much without Capella in there that he, you know, feel good that he can get over the 23 points and rebounds combined. Yeah. I mean, you can like overs in this game, even if you like under at 236, yeah. right? I mean, this, especially for a guy playing 37 minutes, like you mentioned, he's the best matchup they have for Giannis basically. So He's going to be out there. I'm not that concerned about the fact that he didn't produce that much on the other end in those last two games. Um, 15 points, five and a half rebounds. Uh, certainly doesn't get you there, but I think that this this is going to come around in terms of his production and in terms of being a, that pick and roll partner for both ball dominant guards now. And you just look at his recent numbers against all opponents, and and they're certainly well over this prop. Pacers and Knicks. Uh, Josh wanted to keep riding his Knicks at minus five. I'm a little scared of it. This Pacers too. team has been real feisty, um, and, and you know they've 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 played well on both ends of the floor. Uh, they spread the ball around, and Halliburton's main got main weapon on the wing right now, Buddy Heald, in his last nine, 20 points per game, five and a half rebounds, five threes at 53 percent. His first matchup with the Knicks uh, as a member of these Pacers. He went five for 10 from three, had 23 points and fouled out in 27 minutes. And that was a rough game overall. 
for the Pacers offense. They had a, a you know less assists than turnovers. Uh, Halliburton, by the way, still 10 assists, so I do like his assists again tonight. Um, but Buddy Heald is a sniper, and you're talking about a Knicks team that packs the paint, right, at all costs. Uh, and that gives up something, right? That gives up. That's why they've allowed the 10th highest three-point percentage in the last three. That's why they're allowing the seventh most points to shooting guards in the last week. Um, and, and why Heald has had some success against Tibbs' teams here. Uh, so his prop is 17.5 points. It's even money. Uh, at FanDuel, you can tack on five rebounds, also even money for 22.5 points rebounds. You, you don't get good odds on him hitting four threes, so I don't really want to bet that. I think you assume that at least you know some of his 18 points here would come from beyond the arc. So uh, I think you just bet the points and, and expect him, you know, he can still put the ball on the floor, even if the Knicks are like, we're going to chase you off the line. Uh, Heald's a scorer, and, and he can get it done in this matchup. Yeah, yeah. But Buddy Heald loves some Buddy Heald. I mean, he's just a fun, flamboyant dude. And so when he gets to the garden, I think it's uh, it's game time, baby. Uh, I think he's one of those guys that lights the likes the bright lights out there. So I I, I love Buddy, and I, and I feel good about him in this matchup as well. Like you said, I've been eyeing how the, the Knicks have not been guarding the three-point line, which was their demise, as as we talked about uh, in that Bucks video a little bit. That was their demise against the Bucks, giving up all those threes, especially in the second half there. So if, if they're going to continue to allow teams to shoot a better than 40% from three, they're in trouble uh, against this Pacers team who will be chucking for sure. So uh, I'm going to finish things off here. I wanted to talk, look, we're going back to Bucks and Hawks because it's one of the games that I feel most comfortable betting on because I know who the hell is playing, uh, which is something that we deal with every day in the NBA, right? Uh, because both these teams, neither of these teams are on a back-to-back or anything weird like that. So it's pretty easy to get these, these props early on and get, uh, you know, get a hold of them. So, uh, Trey Young, there was something there. Uh, I wanted to, to look at him. It's 26 and a half points for him. So it's like a little bit too high. Um, you know, he does do much better without Clint Capella. But I think a bit more of a, a safe bet here is Brolo uh, and Brooke Lopez on the Bucks, And uh, hinted towards that in the, in the game video that we talked about his rebounds. Because this is a situation, it just seems like everything's pointing towards that. Six and a half for him to get seven rebounds is minus 118 on FanDuel. I still think that number is a little bit low for him uh, because of the fact that he's been averaging about 10 and a half over his last five um and the only game he went under seven rebounds in his last five was that the 19 minutes that he played when uh they got blown out by charlotte and probably the surprise game of the season that the bucks got blown out by the hornets at home still had four rebounds in those 19 minutes um and with no capella you know the, the hawks they're obviously a much worse rebounding team they have they get th- three fewer rebounds a game and give up six more to their opponents um they do allow the fifth most rebounds already on the season to their opponents uh and are in the bottom five in terms of allowing second chance points uh atlanta they also allow the eighth most points and the sixth most rebounds to opposing centers uh i know brolo's had a few games already this season where he hasn't even gotten five rebounds against this team uh but i I think there's a much different situation no clint capella and the fact that he's been coming on realizing how much you know he's had to be a a much better rebounder for this team which has the third best rebound percentage since december started uh because of the the turnaround that brolo's made in terms of crashing the boards it's concerning. I mean, he just fluctuates really wildly between like he has 19 rebounds in that slugfest with Toronto and then three in plenty of other games, including recent matchups with the Hawks. It's just you don't know if the game plan is for Brolo to just box out let, and let Giannis go get the rebound. Just box out because apparently that's what he does. And that's why he gets these ridiculously low counts. Um, uh, I do like maybe for him to hit two threes. He has hit quite a few against the Hawks recently and, and did get hot three for nine against the Knicks from deep. 
But, I mean, really, I'm, I'm waiting on Nikola Vucevic props. And if we're talking a center here, uh, talked about in the game video, Washington getting killed down low. Both Gafford and Porzingis are questionable. And Vooch has owned that team since he moved to Chicago. Yeah, he, he would definitely put Gafford in a, in a bit of a blender, I would imagine, as well. As much as he can, just in terms of having to step all the way out, you know, from where he's comfortable because Vooch has been putting up those threes as well. So I would have also have liked to take Vooch. We just need to get this video out, and his props are not available, but definitely eye those by the time you're watching this uh, and give those a look-see. And that is all the time that we have for you in this one, so make sure to like and subscribe. Continue to follow along with us as we're coming back to you each and every weekday this season. And until we see you next, happy betting. Let's go, let's go.